This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hello. I'm Kathy Worthington, and welcome to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today, we have a really informative experience for you. Our guest is Gordon Stein, an international keynote speaker, blogger, personal finance expert, and author of Cashflow Cookbook, $2 million of financial freedom in 60 easy recipes. We're going to get some great advice today. And I'm Mary Elkins. Gordon Stein's mission is to improve financial wellness to bring focus, balance, and joy into the lives of his audiences with minimal effort or sacrifice and no budgeting. Welcome, Gordon. A real pleasure to be here. Thanks so much, ladies. Thanks. How did you become an expert in financial matters? What was the road you took to this? Well, you know, I've always been interested in personal finance and you know, read company annual reports and done a lot of investing. And, um, but, you know, I really saw that a lot of people struggle with money and that got me motivated. I stumbled on a way to get car washes for free and that kind of piqued my curiosity. Then I stumbled on a way of how to lower uh, the cost of home alarm monitoring. Those are the two that got me started. And these, this was a way of freeing up $50 a month, which isn't really going to make much of a difference to anybody. But it struck me that they were so easy. Uh, minimal effort, minimal sacrifice. And then I thought, what else is there? And that led to this two-year journey of research to find the best personal finance hacks, minimal effort, minimal sacrifice. And by the time it was all done, there was $13,000 of monthly savings ideas. Wow. So that's how Mm. the whole thing got started. Then it became a book and it became a newspaper column and a full-time speaking career to help people with their finances. Oh, that's great. That is great. That sounds like something an average person can do to find a path to financial freedom. Are there other ways you might suggest as well? Well, um, I think being born into the right parents is a great way to get to financial freedom. (laughs) Uh, You can can marry into it as another approach. Um, (laughs) You can work really hard. And of course, you know, upping your income side is really important. But, you know, the whole idea is hey, at a given job with a given career, what things can we tweak that are easy to do that make a significant difference? And that's where, you know, I think the average person can easily free up $500 or $1,000 or even $1,500 from their, their, take that, pay down debt with it. That's going to make a huge difference in their finances, or they can invest that with their financial advisor. So either of those approaches, depending on their situation, and the whole point by doing that, not difficult to add another million dollars to your wealth at retirement depending on, of course, on when well, you start. That's very interesting. We're going to hear about that in a little bit. Yeah. Is, is there a way to financial wellness without budgeting? Yeah, I think the idea there is, you know, people do this budgeting 
And uh, I don't think it's a marriage enhancer in general, the budgeting. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's fun if you're on your own. So one of the things that I talk about in the book is this idea of splitting your checking account in two. Because if you think of where the budgeting often comes in, the problem is, you know, you'll go and buy something near the end of the month and you forgot about the fact you've got a mortgage payment coming out and you've got a, a cell phone bill and then all of a sudden you're overdrawn and you're, you're feeling out of control. One of the things I recommend in the book is um, to really beautify your banking. And by that, I mean, you have two checking accounts, one that just pays those monthly recurring bills all the time, pre-authorized checking, the cell phone, car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, property taxes, all of that comes out of one account. So it's much easier to get tra- to, to track it, easier to follow. And then the rest of your income goes into your discretionary account. And then, so it's very, very simple. Now you know exactly where you're at. And even if there's two of you as partners or spouses, not hard to say, hey, what are our expenditures? What do we want to do this month? Meanwhile, you've got money going into your 401k, your Roth IRA, whatever. The bill payment is doing its thing. And then you just spend the rest. And so then, of course, the key is we want to take that bill payment account. And we'll talk about exactly how to do it. We want to grind that down. We want to shrink that. Not that hard to do. We free up 100, 200, 300, 500 a month, whatever it is, and it's going to go to a good cause. We're going to savor the savings. We're going to put it to work in investments into our 401k or Roth IRA or stock purchase plan. Or if you're sitting on a credit card debt, that's probably the right priority. You want to get that paid down. But either way, you're increasing your options. You're increasing your freedom. I love it. You mentioned credit cards and people over going over their budgets. What is it our listeners can do to reduce that financial stress and being overdrawn? Yeah, so there's lots of things that we can do. And again, I would start with these recurring monthly bills, because when you reduce the cost of your gas bill, your electricity bill, you reduce a, you know, a third-party storage site if you're storing, storing things, cheaper car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, all of these things, that frees up money. Then when you get to the credit card part, you're really talking more about their discretionary spending. And I think the key thing is, you know, if you use a credit card, you you need to pay them off in full every month. There's just no two ways about that one. There's no easy trick there, but you're going to get smarter on your discretionary purchases as well. So we've got lots of examples we can look at, whether it's clothing or dinners out or wherever it may be. Um, but I would start with those hard bills. Then I'd go to those kind of discretionary bills. And there's ways to, again, shrink those down to free up some cash. And the credit cards, you know, you really need to pay them off in full. If you're carrying a big balance, all the ideas we want to talk about today, you want to use those ideas to free up cash, to pay down cards if you're carrying it. And once you get them paid off, you want to just pay them off in full every month. Is uh-huh. our credit cards the only um, thing that uh, people have that creates financial stress or what else would you say does? Well, it's right across the board. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, spending more than they earn is where you get no problem. People said to me once, you know, what's your definition of rich? And a rich person is someone who very simply spends less than they earn at whatever income level. And the longer you do that, the, better, the richer you're going to get. It's just as simple as that. So I think it's really a matter of, you know, either finding more income, which can be tricky to do, but there's such an easy road to be had, Mary, by paying down some of these things 
um, and shrinking some of these bills. And there's just so many ways to do that. And that's the whole point of cash flow cookbook. That's really what the content is showing you exactly how to do that. And how can our listeners add $1 million to their wealth? Cause you're fond of that slogan. I love that. Yeah. Slogan. I mean, it, it would depend a little bit um, or a lot actually on their age and how much cash flow they can free up. But as an example, if you can free up $400 a month and you invest that at 7% over 40 years, that's going to add a million dollars to your wealth, which mm-hmm. is not hard to do. You see a lot of that. Of course, people who are 25 years old say 40 years, you know, or people who are 20, they say 40 years, that's an awfully long, I mean, 60 years old by then. And I say, I'm 60. And I'm really glad that I did it when I was 20, because it puts me in a much better uh, position. I've got more options, you know, into my, uh, my golden years. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, what if you're, what if you're older? What if you're retired? Then what? Mm-hmm. how do you do that? Well, you've got big benefits at either end. So if you're young, where cash flow cookbook is powerful is you're going to free up that money. You're going to invest it. You're going to build lots of wealth. So by the time you get to 60 or 65, you're in great shape. People who come hear me speak or read the book and they're 65 benefit changes, but just as powerful. So now maybe you're on a situation where you've got a fixed income, you've got a pension plan, or maybe you've got your savings or 401k you're going to be drawing down on. But what, you're going to be able to, what you'll be able to do is lower your monthly burn rate. So that's just as powerful because now you're freeing up that cash. So you're not as stressed and you've got some room in there for, you know, perhaps medical bills or other uh, eventualities. Uh So that's how anyone can pay down debt without making sacrifices. Yeah, because, you know, if you if you look at a way, for example, to uh, reduce the cost of sending your kids to college or you reduce the cost of prescription drugs. And I give you examples of all these. um, That's a really powerful thing, it frees up that money. When you're young, that's more money for investment or perhaps debt pay down. When you get to your senior years, you're retired post 65, you got to lower your monthly costs that you need. So if you want, I can give you some examples of some of these savings. So that'd be helpful. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I love so it. I'll give you a, an interesting one, a real life example happened to me. And um, the most popular prescribed drug uh, in the U.S. is statin pills for lowering cholesterol. Pretty popular. Um, so like many others, I needed to take the pills. And I left the doctor's office with my prescription in my hand. And I went to the big one of the big drugstore chains. And they were $107 a month for these pills, which isn't a massive amount of money. But like everyone else, I need to take these for the rest of my life. So $107, not insignificant. So you know, I was about to pay for it. And I said, gee, these are kind of expensive. And she said, oh, well, why don't you get one of our drug cards? I said, well, how much are the pills if I get the drug card? $63 a month. I said, well, how much is the drug card? $20 a year. <laughs> There's a no-brainer. So I said, great, sign me up for the drug card. So now, you know, I'm down to 63 from 107. That's a huge savings. And I was uh, out for dinner by coincidence with my brother-in-law that night. He said, no, no, no. He says, you don't do it that way. He says, you want to go to one of these online prescription uh, drug uh, sites. Hmm. And he gave me his. So I checked it out. Well, the pills were 13 something. So $13. So we went 107 to 63 to 13. And having been in business for lots of years, I know if something goes from 107 to 63 to 13, we're not done yet. So I did some more searching around. (laughs) And uh, I get the pills delivered to my home every month for $7. Oh, 
So I did a blog post on this on cashflowcookbook.com, how I saved 94% of my prescription drugs. Um, so you can read it at cashflowcookbook.com. But the point is, look how easy that was. I didn't give up anything. I didn't give up my glass of all back. I didn't give up my coffee in the morning. Nothing changed in my life other than I'm $100 richer than I would have been. 94% savings. So there's so many of these things, and most people miss them entirely. And if you could put in 10 or 20 hours, follow along in Cashflow Cookbook, go through it recipe by recipe. It's literally written like a cookbook. Mm-hmm. And you could free up all kinds of money. Uh, I'll give you one more that yeah. uh, was maybe the most surprising one. And I missed this one entirely for five years since the original edition of the book came out. And it, it pertains to your credit score. So most people, they don't know their credit score as long as their credit cards keep working. Who cares? Who knows, right? But it's really quite remarkable because depending on your credit score, for example, a car loan right now, you could pay anywhere from 3% to 15% interest rate. And that means that your total interest paid on that loan could swing by 70%. And we're not done because your car insurance could swing by 30, 40, 50%, depending on your credit score. And your home insurance could swing by a similar amount, depending on your credit score. I didn't know insurance companies care about that. They do. Because it's a determinant of your overall stability or they view it that way. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you put that together for someone who, you know, maybe there's a couple of vehicles in the household you're paying for car insurance on two cars. Let's assume Mm -hmm. that the two spouses have a similar credit rating. This could be thousands of dollars, thousands and thousands of dollars. And it's hidden. You see, it's so Mm -hmm. stealthy. Yeah. So that would be like work on your credit score first and then go out and ask for those discounts. Well, that's it. Exactly. And, you know, a huge proportion of credit scores have errors in them. So everybody should, you know, go to a place like Experian.com. You can get your credit score for free. Then you want to take a look at your, look at your credit report. I know on mine, they had a couple of credit cards on there that I've, that I canceled years ago. And so, you know, they had, you know, they didn't have any balances on them, of course, but they, you know, had borrowing capacity, which counted against me. Too many, you know, I had access to X thousands of dollars. And so that lowered my credit score. So getting a little smarter on credit score is a great example of something. And again, I'll stress, we didn't give up anything at all. You know, well, I have a couple of credit cards I don't use at all, thinking that if I close them out, it'll hurt my credit score. Because I have heard if you close a credit card, it hurts your score. So I just don't use them. Is that dumb or should I close them out? Well, I would I would start get your whole credit report and see where it's at. I mean, you may be sitting Mm -hmm. at, you know, a terrific credit score, in which case, you know, you optimize everything anyway. Um, But there may be other cards in there that you already did cancel. and They're still showing. And the situations get a little bit complicated. They look at your mix of credit between mortgages and credit lines and credit cards. I don't really have time to you know, do a full analysis <laughs> yeah. on it right here, but I would, yeah. I would certainly take a look at it. There's firms that you can get some help in your credit score, but if it's not great, if it's you know perhaps below, I don't know, 650 or so, then I would sure take a look at it. Even if it's 700, maybe there's a way no, to No, mine's it really great, but I'm afraid yeah. to touch those Maybe I should leave it alone, you know, but I wanted to ask you also, how can I earn 7% on my money when the banks pay less than 1%? You mentioned about seven. 
a little while ago. Yeah. So um, in the whole book, we use a number of 7% oh. um, just for ease of math. And you can, you know, you can argue it's too high, it's too low, everybody's different. And in the book, I also show you how to use your own rate. If you're not comfortable with that, it's not that hard to change it to 6% or 5 um, But if you look at the uh, U.S. stock market, uh, the S&P 500, which is a proxy for the overall market, it's gone up about 9%, including dividends, since its inception. So it goes up, it goes down. It looks scary right now because we've got a war uh, happening in the Ukraine and, and all kinds of things. We've got very high inflation right now. But if you average it all out, that's what it's done. And inflation's average maybe 2%, obviously much higher now. Um, and it's anybody's guess how long this is going to be with us. But we have had high inflation in prior years. So this is a long-term view. Um, and no, of course, you won't get it in a bank savings account. You maybe get a half a percent. It's going to go up now as the rates go up. But we're talking about investing the money, not keeping it stashed in a, uh, a safe checking account. Safe checking account, you're losing money to inflation. Right now, you're losing 8% a year with it sitting there if they're paying you a half a point. So it needs to be invested. That's another whole top we won't get into today. But, um, you know, the long-term stock market, blue chip stocks, dividend paying stocks, and some, you know, the proper mix of bonds, your financial advisor can help you with that. But that will see over time, on average, that kind of growth. So mm -hmm. that's a reasonable number. If it's not right for somebody, you can use a different number. Some people are ladled with high interest credit card debt. And in that case, if you pay that down, you're actually getting an even bigger return because you're eliminating paying 22% on it. Mm -hmm. So there is no, that's a, that's actually much better than earning 22% in your money paying down that debt because mm -hmm. you're paying that out of, this gets a little more complicated, out of after tax cash flow. So in other words, you know, let's call it a 26% return. It's like getting a 26% government bond. We would be all over that. Where do I sign up? And yet people carry this 22% credit card interest. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, just one question yeah. about um, back to your credit score yeah. um, and, and credit cards. I, it was, I had something interesting happen to me where I had a very large, uh, I had charged a lot and I paid it off immediately. And they lowered my credit score. And I thought, wait a second, this was a huge amount and I paid it off. How would they lower my credit score? What is that all about? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly complex. I get alerts on mine all the time. And mine goes up and down and up and down and up and down. But it's a little bit like it's it's heading up and down. But over the longer haul, it, it's going to keep improving. So yeah. when I moved to the U.S. from Canada, I had no credit score whatsoever. Nothing. I couldn't get a $300 credit card. That's what got me interested in credit scores because I've never even thought about it before. Maybe mm. I was paying too much on car insurance, home insurance, loans or whatever. Um, but it'll, it'll work its way up over time if you're paying it off. At a given point, they may say, geez, your credit utilization is too high. Or there may be a lag where they saw that large balance and they thought, oh, goodness, you're at you know 70% of your total credit cards. And then it'll go down. But there may be a lag before it comes back down again. Oh, good to know. Uh, what is the most interesting savings area from your research? That's a good one. Um, I gave you a couple that, that really were quite fascinating because you see how easy they are. Um, one that was most 
uh, interesting. It's a bit convoluted, but it's quite remarkable. And that is clothing. And uh, when I'm mm. up on the stage talking about cash flow cookbook, and I start talking about clothing because I use it as an example, lots of people in the audience they just they have this look of horror. Don't take away my clothes. I love having <laughs> nice clothes. Um, but with the staff, that is remarkable, and it's been shown over and over again in research is that we only ever wear twenty percent of the clothing that we buy. And most people say, "Well, that's crazy. That's preposterous." Until you think about, you've got an important appointment, you go into your closet, which outfit do you grab? You grab the one that you're most comfortable in and most confident in. And that means that you're never going for the second or third stringer unless that best one is at the cleaners or you're desperate for some variety. But there's a whole bunch of, you know, to use the football term, you know, second and third stringers that you never pull out of the closet. And sometimes what happens is, you know, you see a fabulous sale somewhere and so you go out and buy this lovely, uh, you know, blue shirt and uh, it's a designer label. You can't believe it's on sale. And so you grab it really quick. You run out of the store, sale items, no returns. And you get it home, you know, the sleeves are, uh, you know, just that much too short. And so you're never going to wear it. It was this great deal, but not really because, you, you know, you can't use it. So we tend not to shop that mindfully. And as a result, we have a lot left in our closet that we never wear. So we're wasting perhaps 80% of our clothing spend. So think about it, if we were a little bit more mindful, we could actually double our clothing spend and still free up an awful lot of cash because we would double it on things that we're actually going to wear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I tell the story sometimes we had a, was at a company, we had a coat drive every year and, uh, so I was in a family of five at the time. And I said, okay, everybody, you know, gather up your coats, put them in the front hall closet. So we had them all, this big pile of coats, took them in. And the company had literally a mountain of coats that we gave to a homeless organization, which was fabulous. A year later, same contest. I thought, well, this is, how's this going to work? Everybody's already cleaned out their closets. So boom, another big pile of coats at my house, another huge pile at the company, because we do this to ourselves every year. Mm. But getting a little bit more mindful, you can actually increase your clothing spend, but lower your overall uh, clothing budget versus spending less mindfully. So you'd say the savings area that was the most important to track was the clothing, really? Well, there's lots of them that that uh, have a really big impact. Um, so many to talk about, you know. Um, you know, one example is the whole, you know, the latte factor, you know, the coffees and snacks. And, you know, everybody has a different opinion on it. But true story, I worked um, at a company and uh, there was a woman that I worked with and she was a project manager. So she was in a lot of the meetings of the projects we were running. And at one point we had two different meetings where one was at eight and one was at 11. And I noticed that every day she'd bring her big Starbucks, you know, Vante, latte, whatever. Um, <laughs> But then in the afternoon, her desk wasn't far from mine, and I just happened to notice she'd have a bag of chips and a can of pop from the machine. So I thought, well, this is interesting, and I was working on the book at the time. And uh, so I did the math. It was $330 a month she's Ooh. spending on these coffees and chips. It doesn't seem that extravagant, doesn't it? But it adds up to $330 a month. And uh, I was telling a, a friend of mine who has a Honda dealership, and he said, why don't you call, get her to call me? I could get her into a Honda Civic for that. <laughs> just think about how crazy that is you could lease a car for what she's spending on these coffees and muffins and i'm not even at the crazy part of the story 
crazy part of the story was in the cafeteria was a big shiny coffee machine and not just any coffee machine it was actually a starbucks one and the whole point of the starbucks coffee machine in the workplace is to give you coffee that's every bit as good as the coffee that you get from the starbucks, starbucks. stores so here she is walking to and from the store every day and um you know spending all of this money if you take that $330, remember I told you that $400 over 40 years at 7% will get you a million dollars. We just about did it right there. You know, so if she would just okay. drink the coffee, that's what I did out of the machine. Um, that, Which was right provided tasted, for free. Yeah, it tasted fine to me. And then maybe, <laughs> you know, give up the afternoon soda and switch that for, you know, some fresh tap water. And, uh, you know, you get some snacks at Costco, keep them under your desk. So here's you know, crazy simple things. But then here's the funny part, you know, so I, I saw that and I thought, geez, can't say anything to her. But, you know, there's a ter terrific saving. But then there's another gentleman who I worked with and uh, he saw me parking my car under the building and um, they didn't pay for parking at this particular company. So I paid it myself. He said, oh, you park under the building. I said, yeah. He said, how much are you paying? I said, well, it's uh, $31 a month, not a big deal. I said, where do you park? He goes, I'm just two blocks over under this, uh, you know, other building. And it's, uh, he was paying, I think it was $21 a day. So $10, or... $10, yeah, uh, no, a day. I was paying 21, I was paying 31, $10 difference, 20 working days, there's $200, just like that. Yeah. So, yeah, we do the, let's do a couple of things together. You know, you could change your clothing. You could do the parking thing we just talked about. You can do the, the snacks and coffee thing. I mean, boom, we just found $530. We haven't even touched any of our home bills. I mean, there's just so many things, the credit rating, shopping your car insurance, shopping your home insurance. Mm -hmm. Exactly how to do all of these things is all in Cashflow Cookbook with the details, the steps to take. And then we have a couple of worked examples in there. So one is a hearty serving of the recipe, which means you know, a family, maybe you've got a home and a cottage and you've got a couple of cars and teenagers and cell phones. And then there's the light serving, which might be a single person with an apartment. So they're going to have much lower mm -hmm. everything, lower income, lower savings, lower um, expenditures. But then what I do is I show you what that savings is worth if you invested the money for 10, 20 or 30 years. So it's one thing to say, you know, we can free up $100 a month. What does that mean? what does it look like after 10, 20, or 30 years? And those numbers can be remarkable. Mm -hmm. So you have situations where two people earning civil, similar incomes, one retires with a minor fortune, and the other one literally has nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. What is the most important number to track? Well, that's an interesting one. A lot of people will track their budget. So they'll say to themselves, okay, you know, let's spend no more than $5,000 a month. And they track that month after month. That's great, but it's it's hard to do, and it provides no guarantee that you're going to retire with anything at all. All it says is you made your, your budget that you'd set for yourself each month. Mm -hmm. And the other flaw with that is, you know, let's say you allocated $600 a month to car loans. And so now, you, you know, your, your existing vehicle is shot. It's time to get a new one. If you go to the car salesperson and say, well, my budget's $600 a month. They'll find a way to get you into Lamborghini and you'll be paying it off for, you know, the next 53 years. <laughs> well, look, you made your budget. Well, that would be a horrible financial decision. So rather than thinking that way, the number to track, I think, is your wealth. 
So if we want to lose weight, we're going to look at our scale. If you want to build wealth, you have to track your wealth. And what is wealth? So wealth is what you own minus what you owe. So what you own is your house and maybe you've got a cottage and you've got vehicles and you've got any kind of your 401k, your Roth IRA balance, whatever it is. And you can sum that up and that's what you own. And then you can also look at the numbers of what you owe. So your credit card debts, your car loans, your mortgage, all these things, and you add that up. And then you just subtract the two and you'll end up with a number. For some people, it's negative. Maybe they just graduated, they've got school loans and all these kinds of things. That's fine, but you're going to reduce the negative amount or you're going to increase the positive amount. Mm -hmm. If you track that every month, it's a little bit of work, but you, you go and you get your current balance and your car loan and all these things. So maybe it takes you an hour. You pull those all together and now you're seeing what's actually happening with your wealth. And if you do that, now it's going to start to build some good financial muscles. You're going to think differently about your money. You're going to go out, you need to get a new car. Hmm. What's that impact going to look like on my wealth? You know, it's a shocking proportion of people when they get car loans, they don't even ask about the total interest paid. They just want to make sure that the number can be under 525, which is what they've budgeted, right? So it makes you think differently about all the financial moves you make. I think it actually changes your brain over time um, to get to a better place. So track your wealth. If you don't know how to do it, there's a template on cashflowcookbook.com if you go to the utensils section, but you could do it on a cocktail napkin. You can get fancy. You can do it in a spreadsheet, whatever you want, but I think mm -hmm. that's the one to track. Wow. Fabulous. Um, what other changes can people make in their budgets or their expenses? Yeah, I think, um, well, at the beginning of the book, we start off with, uh, I call it the banquet. So we're going to get the whole picture. And to do that, we follow this couple, I call them Eric and Keisha. And um, so they're like many Americans, they're making ends meet. They've got a couple of kids and they, you know, they vacations and cars and all this stuff, but they're really not saving any money. So they could keep on for the next, you know, 20 or 30 years working away and actually not get anywhere, not build any wealth and maybe never retire. So that's where they start off. And then we start making the kinds of changes, Mary, that we're talking about here with, in their case, they start looking at their car insurance. And they reshop that, which is easy to do. There's lots of apps that will let you do that. Or you can go to an agent that uh, represents multiple insurance companies. So they free up $200 a month from that. Not unusual. They talk to their financial advisor. They get that $200 working for them. And that adds, I think, $166,000 to their retirement without one change. And it was just so easy. So then um, they start... They start finding other examples of this. They start freeing up cash on lots of different things. And then, in fact, uh, Eric gets a raise at his work. And, you know, they're all set to get some landscaping done and get the flat panel TV. Again, they talk with their financial advisor and they kind of slow that down a little bit. They realize they've got some credit card debt. So they got to start by paying that off. Once the cards are paid off, they're going to free that up. Off it goes to their wealth advisor again. So they start making all of these changes. And as a reader, you're looking over their shoulder, you're watching them make all these moves, seeing all these financial discoveries, and your conclusion is, wow, I could do that. Well, that's not that, wow, it's worth that much money, I could do that. And you're sort of going through these steps. And so we're actually living in their home as we see them free up one and a half million dollars toward their retirement. And you, know, you might say, well, no, I already optimized my car insurance, or actually that doesn't work for me, or I've got too much debt. And that's great, 
Once we're through seeing them do that, then we're going to cut the reader loose into 60 recipes. Every part of our lives, we're going to look at housing costs, transportation, food, and then we get into household, lifestyle, and financial. So there's so many examples we could go on for days. Um, but, you know, they're just fascinating because they're just things people don't think about or they don't realize just how big the magnitude is of these things. But nowhere in the book do we say, oh, you know, give up this or give up that. You know, it's all about doing things a little smarter. You know, uh-huh. maybe another one, you know, maybe you're paying $220 a month, let's say, to your cable company. Well, have you had a peek at YouTube TV? So it's a different paradigm. It's a streaming kind of a paradigm. But that's an awful lot of money. And they've got news. They've got sports. They've got everything you need. Or there's people who they only want to watch NFL football. They don't watch linear TV or sitcoms. Well, then you go to NFL and get their streaming app and you watch all the football games you want. And maybe that's, you know, 20 or $30 a month. Mm. But there's well, so many things we don't look at, right? I was going to ask you more about your book. Yeah. I got to say this title for everybody, <clears throat> Cash Flow Cookbook. $2 million of financial freedom in 60 easy recipes. And that's quite a title, <laughs> but how do the recipes work and how did you come up with this book concept? Yeah, thank you. Um, that's a great question. So it was originally going to be a novel. So I had these ideas. <laughs> I started with the, you know, the, the home alarm monitoring, the car wash, and then I had all my characters lined up and I was going to tell the story in a novel and I started to write it. It just didn't fit a novel. And I was so frustrated because I had this whole thing in my head. It just didn't work once I started to write it. And then I was off doing something else. And under my breath, I said, Jesus, this thing's more like a cookbook. And I went, oh, that's exactly what it is. It's a cookbook. And then I wrestled with the name. I thought, well, it's the cash flow cookbook because you're freeing up cash flow. Um, and the new cover does a great job. I'll leave it as a bit of a mystery. People can take a look at it. But it's a really great visual that an artist did for me where we're going to uncover cash. And it's uncovering cash we already have, which is what's so powerful. Um, so let me explain a bit about the recipes. So the idea is we're going to look at 10 recipes or ideas in each of those six areas that we talked about. And they're all clever ways of freeing up cash in each of those areas in terms of housing costs, transportation costs, et cetera. And they're, they're all a minimum of $25 a month. Some of them go up to several hundred dollars a month. And you may read the book, just like a real recipe book. Ah, yeah, I don't care for that recipe. doesn't fit my lifestyle. It's not me. Wow, look at this one. And you don't need very many. So as mm-hmm. I say, there's $13,000 of monthly savings. My bet is you can easily find 500 or 1,000. With the examples I've given you already, I think that's pretty clear. It's doable. Um, and then in the recipe, we have some ingredients. So here's some different ways of saving on that, some ideas that will make a difference to help you think about it differently. And then we go into a, a hearty serving, as I mentioned, and a light serving. And that's an actual worked example. So it might be something like cell phone uh, charges. So we've got a family of five. There's a total of five phones on the bill. Maybe they're with two or three different providers. It's not being optimized. They've not run one of the uh, comparison engines on the web to make sure they're doing the right thing. So they're going to go ahead and make some changes to that. And we'll say that, hey, you know, this family is going to free up, you know, $180 a month on that. And then we'll have a light example, which is a single person with their one cell phone. They're going to make a few changes to that. 
and um, away that maybe they haven't reshopped it in a while. They're on an old plan. There's promotional plans. There's you know all kinds of ways of optimizing that cost. So then we'll show you how much they save a month. And then at the bottom, just like a real recipe, there's a yield table that tells you how much you get out of the recipe. So it's going to show you the hearty serving, how much it's going to save you for a month. And then if you invested those savings for 10, 20, or 30 years, how much is that worth? And you can see it all right there. So it makes you see just how material this is to actually change your life. And then at the end of each section, housing and you know transportation, et cetera, we show the total um, of the savings in that section and what it's worth after 10 years. And then we've got a little table so you can fill in your own savings. And then at the end of the book, we've got what we call the stock pot. And that's all of the savings for each of these 10 areas, or each of these six areas that we've talked about. And then the whole plan is you want to write down your savings. Hey, I like that recipe. What would that be worth in our family? I think we could save $70 a month on that one. Wow, would that ever be easy? So you go ahead, but then you commit that money. As soon as you free it up, you're going to give that to your wealth advisor or you're going to pay down your debts. So that's how the book is structured. That's how it works. It sounds, I love that concept. I do too. Yeah. It sounds like a very healthy lifestyle. <laughs> how, yeah. um, how can people attain financial freedom without taking any risk at all? Yeah, I mean, it's really the things we've been talking about because you know, if you talk to a wealth advisor, um, you know, and you give them all of your numbers and you move your account to them, they'll say, okay, look, we've projected it out. We think we can earn 6%, 7%, whatever it is. You've got this many years to retirement. Here's where you're going to land. You're going to have whatever it is, $1.2 million at retirement. So if you say, well, that's not enough. I need more. What they're probably going to say is, well, we can do it, but it's going to incur more risk. So if we move to more of a stock mix, you're more likely to see a bigger return, but a war breaks out or some other eventuality, it may go down in the short run. So it's a bit riskier. But what it, what's intriguing with Cashflow Cookbook is we're not taking on any risk whatsoever. So if you lower your car insurance and you use that money to free up more cash for investing, you didn't take on any ex extra risk or you pay down your credit cards, no extra risk. So it's easy money and it's sitting right there and people should do it. You know, the one objection people say is, oh man, you mean I have to call my cell phone company? I might be on the phone for an hour. Well, that's why you look at the math and what these, what these things are actually worth to you. And then you realize, you know what? That's a, an hour really well spent. So for example, uh, in the book, Keisha uncovers this way of uh, reducing her car insurance and she saves $200 a month, easy to do. Lots of car insurance comparison engines you can hop on and have that done in 15 or 20 minutes. And maybe she, has, she didn't have to call the insurance company, but if you wanted to, fine. So let's say she invests a grand total of one hour. She added $166,000 to her wealth at retirement with that one hour's worth of work. So let me ask the question, Mary, do you make $166,000 an hour right now? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you making that, Kathy? I bet it's not, not usually. Right. Some hours, maybe, so, but not know, every hour. <laughs> you could you could implement the whole book in you know maybe ten or twenty hours. She really could, um, and that's interestingly enough. We spend twenty hours a week watching TV mm -hmm. oh, as yeah. Americans. So yes, everybody has the time to do this, and yeah, it might be unpleasant to listen to some bad hold music and you know, mm -hmm. repeat your zip code four <laughs> times to the robo, uh, you know, attendant. 
Uh, but wow, is it ever worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much. Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Gordon Stein, MBA and CFEI, author of Cashflow Cookbook, international speaker, and personal finance expert. Check out his website for more info, cashflowcookbook.com. Thank you so much for your great tips today, Gordon. A real pleasure to be here. Thanks so much. And the book's available on Amazon in pretty much every country in the world. So have a look at that Cashflow Cookbook and a real pleasure to be here. Thanks so much, Mary and Kathy. Thank you. And we want to remind you to all our listeners to follow us on Instagram, on our Late Boomers account, and on I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins. We also look forward to hearing from you through our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z. We always aim to inspire, entertain, and inform you. Thanks again, Gordon. A real pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.